We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in. Trevor Lane here for LakersNation.com. Your home for everything Lakers. Happy Friday. It's fun Friday. We're going to talk Lakers basketball to kick off the weekend. Joining me today is Matt the Optimist Peralta. Matt, how are you doing? Doing well, Trevor. Happy Friday. Uh, you know, we're here again. How are we doing? Uh, we are... I was, I was doing better first. One of the first comments to come in said, happy one year anniversary of acquiring West Brick. Yep. Oh, that was gonna come up. Yep. That, that was going to happen. That was, that was going to happen. Um, the trade that, that shocked us all. Of course, last year, the timing was a little bit differently, different in terms of where we were in the, the NBA offseason. But uh, today I want to start things off with a little bit of talk about LeBron James and what's coming up for him on August 4th and what can happen here with the Los Angeles Lakers and what it, it means, frankly, in terms of these these broad trade topics that we've, we've discussed, whether it's Kyrie Irving, the combination of Buddy Heald and Miles Turner, uh, whether it's something with the Spurs, something with the Jazz, whatever. I think that this is actually going to matter in, in all of those those discussions. So I want to get into that. But first, quick reminder, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you're subscribed to the LakersNation.com podcast over on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it if you want to give us that five-star rating or review. You know what? If you don't use Apple Podcasts, if you listen over on Spotify, you use something else, then subscribe there. Wherever you listen to podcasts, you can find the LakersNation.com podcast. You can take us with us, with you, wherever you go. Matt, August 4th, coming up, LeBron James can sign an extension with the Los Angeles Lakers. What do you think happens? Do you think he signs the extension? We got the report from Mark Stein today that he's very happy in L.A. despite the Lakers' issues the past two seasons. I think um, he is probably not going to sign on August 4th, like exact on that exact day, which I think will cause some panic amongst the Lakers fan base. Uh -huh. But I ultimately think he signs a one plus one deal. I think that just makes the most sense for LeBron right now. Um, obviously, the odds that he signs earlier, if a trade happens, say for Kyrie Irving, I think that's definitely in the cards. But I'm I'm pretty optimistic LeBron ends up, ends up resigning with Los Angeles. Maybe just not on August 4th, though. What do you think about the pressure it puts on the Lakers? Let's say August 4th comes and goes and LeBron does not sign that extension. That's going to put some pressure on the Lakers to make something happen in order to get him to sign that extension. You know, that tells you that, that something needs to occur, whether it's LeBron just decides, hey, I, you know, I want to 
I want another year under contract. Or is it something where the Lakers have to do something to push him to sign that extension, like trading for Kyrie Irving, getting something done? What if August 4th comes and goes and he doesn't sign that extension? Where does that leave the Lakers? I think they're still operating under some pressure to get a deal done regardless. They they knew that deadline for, for a while now, and so it's not new. Um, and I also think there might be an understanding between LeBron's camp and the Lakers that says, hey, um, we know you're not going to sign right away, but we're still going to try and push for these deals. And um, maybe LeBron says, as soon as you get something done, I'll sign. But um, yeah, I mean, I think there's some pressure, but I think that Mark Stein report leaves some optimism that LeBron will eventually just end up staying in Los Angeles. Bronny's not going to be in the league in the next year or two. So they have time at least. Yeah, I mean, you've got a couple of seasons till Bronny is in the NBA. Let, let's say he goes all season and doesn't sign the extension. If he's that happy, as from what Mark Stein is saying, and his family is that happy in Southern California, even if he hits free agency in 2023, the Lakers would have to feel pretty good about their chances of of keeping him. Now, of course, there have been the reports that the Cleveland Cavaliers will have cap space to potentially bring him back, and they've got some young players. After LeBron left, they were able to kind of replenish their draft picks and things, and add some pieces, add you know guys like Darius Garland and Evan Mobley, and now they now they've got. Uh, a bright future that maybe they could be a team that could sign LeBron if he hits free agency in 2023. But even if he doesn't sign that extension, I think the Lakers have got to be feeling pretty good about where the relationship is at with LeBron. Let's face it. If last season didn't sour LeBron on Los Angeles, that's, that's probably a good sign, right? I think so. I mean, there's also the Anthony Davis factor here, right? Um, He's wanted to play with AD, and I I think those two still want to stick it together. And I think, you know, I think the Cleveland Cavaliers thing is, 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 you know, maybe the biggest threat. But when I say biggest, it doesn't mean it's like an imminent thing or it's it's most likely. I just think that if LeBron were to leave, Cleveland makes the most sense. But I I can't imagine leaving him leaving LA. I mean, the Lakers brand. Uh, the off-court stuff, his family, um, all his business ventures are out here, the entertainment stuff. I, I just think there's too much in Southern California for LeBron for him to realistically leave until Bronny gets it to the NBA. And unfortunately, uh, well, while all of what you just said is correct, none of that was on the court. Right, which is sad. But, yes. you know, that's that's the piece that we're waiting on, right? It depends mm-hmm. on a move that happens, hopefully, before training camp starts, right? So let's say that LeBron does not. And by the way, this could be a situation where LeBron doesn't sign the extension in August and it could be a random day. Like it could be, I don't know, December 19th. Mm-hmm. And suddenly the story pops up that he signed that extension. That extension could sit on the table the entire season and he could choose to sign it whenever he wants. August 4th is just the first day that he can do so. But if he signs that extension, you look at what the Lakers have done this offseason in terms of cap space in terms of preserving cap space in 2023 they've only signed guys to one-year deals Lonnie Walker got a one-year deal Troy Brown Jr. one-year deal my guy Damian Jones got a two-year deal because he's extra special but uh but it's a player option on the second year uh and it's a veteran minimum deal so I I don't think that's a huge huge issue but they've gone out of their way to preserve cap space for 2023 to kind of have that flexibility but if LeBron signs that extension a lot of their flexibility goes away so I have to wonder if that's something that LeBron's considering too. Like if there's any notion that LeBron might take less, he has to not sign the extension right now just to try to look for a silver lining for the, the you know, let's face it, there'd be some stress this season if he doesn't sign the extension, but that could be the silver lining. 
Right. I mean, I, I feel like the, the way to look at this, right, is that there haven't been any rumblings that he's unhappy in Los Angeles. Yeah. Everyone is saying the right things. I think Brian Windhorse even said the sense is that LeBron's really happy in L.A. Um, so until we hear otherwise, I think it's just safe to assume he's going to be a Laker for at least, you know, this year and next year. Um, I don't think there's going to be any talks of like, you know, should the Lakers trade LeBron? I don't think any of that's going to come up. I, I honestly do think he's just going to finish out the year and then maybe reassess, you know, um, how long he wants to stay here, depending on what moves get done this summer. All right. We got a super chat that came in from Ben said, assuming health Lakers concede two first to Indiana for Turner and healed then THT and none and seconds for Conley from the jazz Conley healed LeBron AD Turner's legit. Conley adds three point veteran playmaker. How washed is Mike Conley? That that's really the question here, right? That's yeah. I mean, I do you think uh, Mike Conley is a positive value right now, as far as an asset? No. Yeah, I don't think so either. Not not on his current contract. No. I I think you know if you can get Mike Conley for relatively cheap, like none THT, and I don't know if you want to throw in multiple seconds. Sure. Um, I think that's a feasible upgrade. It's like, would you rather have this? Mike Conley for that trade or would you rather have Dennis Schroeder on like the minimum, for example? That's that's kind of what we're talking about here. Mm. That's quite a fall for Mike Conley. Isn't it? Right? Yeah. But but you're you're factoring in though, you've got to give up some things in order to get Mike Conley. So that that's part mm -hmm. of it. You're not saying yeah. just but in a vacuum, if if you had to pick between the two, I would still pick Mike Conley if it was oh, I just, would too. just contracts aside, but the contracts do matter, and that makes like a Dennis Schroeder better minimum a little bit more interesting. So I'm in agreement there. I still think the jazz present some intriguing options. Like what if we're talking Patrick Beverly? Oh yeah. I, I think it all, it all depends on what it costs, right? Like if mm -hmm. you can line these three guys up, Schroeder, Conley, and um, Patrick Beverly, and they were all for minimums, I think you would probably lean Conley first, right? See, that's, that's something interesting though, that maybe I haven't thought about with this Pacers situation. And it kind of brings me back to, the Clippers and their trade to get Paul George, because really in their minds, they weren't just trading for Paul George. They were trading also for Kawhi Leonard. It was their assurance that Kawhi Leonard was going to sign with them. So that's right. why they were willing to give up so much. If you do have another trade, another domino ready to fall, something like you go get a Patrick Barber, maybe if you are high on Mike Conley, it could be him. If you have another piece that you know you can go get that would fit in alongside with Buddy Heald and Miles Turner that then vaults you into that next tier in the Western Conference, because I don't believe that Turner and Heald are enough. But that should make you a little bit more willing to say, okay, Pacers, fine. Here's two firsts. Let's do this thing. And then you trigger the other move and off you go. Yeah, no, I think that makes sense. Um, this is a hypothetical, right? With THT none in seconds for Conley. But if something was on the table for the Lakers like that, where they can still get all three guys, then, then the calculus changes a little bit and you feel a little bit better about giving up or overpaying for Heald and Turner in this case, if you're able to get something else with the limited assets you have left. So Mark Stein in his piece today, and, we, and we'll get back to LeBron in just a moment, but he mentioned that the Lakers, that essentially what's going on is every team that wants to trade with the Lakers or is willing to trade with the Lakers is saying, nope, you guys are desperate, both first. I don't care, both first. No matter what the trade is, both first are in the deal period, right? That's that's the stance from all the other teams. For the Lakers, it's, nope, we're not doing both first. You're crazy. We're doing one first. Uh, good luck trying to find another home for Kyrie or good luck trying to find another home for Miles Turner, who you've apparently, you know, he's not going to sign an extension with you, according to Bob Kravitz. Um, so that's kind of the stance the Lakers are taking. And we're just waiting to see who blinks 
So the protect the protections though on these picks mm -hmm. is something that Stein brought up that it's not just one first, it's that the Lakers are gonna want to put protections on this pick. So yeah. that's something that we like that could wildly change the value of these picks as well, that maybe we're not spending enough time considering when we're looking at one that see to me when I hear the Lakers are saying one pick. The Pacers are saying two picks. I'm like, okay, well, you throw in some seconds and, and you know you try to meet somewhere in the middle. If it's the Lakers are offering one pick lottery protected and the Pacers want two picks that are unprotected, that's a big gap to try to close. Oh, absolutely. And this is this is what negotiations typically come down to, right? It's always like not necessarily the number of picks, but how how protected are they? Mm -hmm. um, and unprotected first is obviously is very valuable. You just don't know that that pick could very easily become the first overall pick that year. Um, and you can get yourself a real blue chip prospect. But I think the Lakers are being smart about not just saying, okay, fine, I'm protected first. Let's get deal done. They should haggle. They should start it off at, you know, lottery protected, presumably, and then work their way down until they can finally meet in the middle. Like, you know, like how, how comfortable are you trading both first if you can get the Pacers to agree to both of them top seven or eight protected? Uh, yeah, I would do that. Right? Like that, that's a lot better than us yeah. saying, okay, two unprotected first. Like that, I think that's too much. Because the, the concern is that in five years or whatever, you know, if it's 2027 and oh my God, in seven years, right? Like yeah. we're talking way into the future, but who knows where the Lakers could be at that point. The concern is that you could be in a situation where you just cost yourself the chance to, to reignite your franchise with a top tier prospect. But if mm -hmm. you have those protections in, then you don't have to worry about it so much because the chances of finding that guy with the 10th pick in the draft are pretty slim. Yeah, and I mean, like, look at this example from just this past year, right? The Lakers had to give their pick to New Orleans. Uh, it was unprotected. If they had said top eight protected, they could have been the ones to draft Dyson Daniels or another yep. prospect in this draft. You just never know. Um, or traded it. <laughs> yeah, or traded they it. Done. Or they would have just traded it, right? But see, like, if the Lakers had this year's pick, they probably could have offloaded Westbrook a lot earlier. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yep, that's a good point. Yeah. Uh, Edgardo Fuentes said, listening to my favorite Lakers program from Puerto Rico. Love Lakers Nation. God bless. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. And, and Fridays and are the international flavor. Trevor. Fridays are international. We're just going to have to start calling them international Fridays. We should. Yeah. yeah. I love it. Um, so going back to LeBron. Mm -hmm. If he doesn't, like, whether or not he signs this, this, this extension, what impact does that make on trade negotiations? Um, I'll tell you right now, other teams are going to try and leverage the heck out of that. Um, look, you need our players. LeBron probably won't re-sign with you guys unless you have a better team, and right now you don't, so fork over the stuff. Um, you know, I, I definitely think that that plays a part in it, but I feel like the Lakers are still going to try and say, you know what, we're still pretty confident LeBron will sign with us again whether or not we make this deal. So, you know, it's it's just a staring contest between Rob Polinka and every other GM he's trying to make a deal with, I feel like. Yeah, that and that's really where we're where we're at. And unfortunately, there is no, you know, August 4th is not a deadline. That's really what we need. We need some so, sort of a deadline. And unfortunately, mm -hmm. the, the next closest thing to one is training camp. And that's not until the end of September. Yeah. I mean, for all the talk, we, we talked about this in our spaces yesterday. It's still July. Yeah. It's not been for much uh, longer, but not for much it is longer. Still July. I think uh, Ron was the one saying he didn't expect to move until like mid to late August. Yeah. You know, that's very realistic right now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. My stress level is rising. 
Can I look at the calendar <laughs> sorry, sorry. and see when, avoid, when my avoid. vacation is planned? Uh, Andre said, Trev, why does Bronny have to join the draft? Why can't he do what Austin Reeves did? Well, Austin Reeves was in the draft. He just went undrafted. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not yeah, like Bronny. Yeah, Bronny can't just choose to not be draft eligible and say, well, I'm just going to sign with the, whatever team I want. And then somebody goes and signs. That completely circumvents the draft. And then, then you could have a lot of other players trying to do that. He would have to go through the draft undrafted to then get to pick what team he wanted to sign with. Yeah. So, I mean, you you kind of have to hope that he is not as good of a prospect and that he just signs with the Lakers as an undrafted free agent. Or the Lakers find a way to trade for him, which, you know, it's a little too down the line here. But I think there are avenues for the Lakers to end up with Bronny if that's what it takes to keep LeBron. So, uh, Are you ready for a fun Friday surprise? Absolutely. Yes, always. Ah, my hey, guy. Hey, well, <laughs> welcome in, Sky. How are you doing, man? Did somebody say fun Friday? <laughs> That's yes. right. I'm doing good. I've got my Jushin Thunder Liger Lakers style. Oh, nice. Oh, that is sick. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Let's talk some Lakers. How was yeah, uh man. how was Cancun? Oh man, it was it was great. Um the uh the Clippers have like a a, a special their own resort that they they <laughs> they're, they're all, you know, every no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh it was great it was great it was good to get away for a little bit uh so i've got a comment coming in from uh from dustin rigsby and that's that's um that that looked fantastic there sky that that vacation but dustin rigsby said did you see the miles turner tweet calling that kravitz statement a lie essentially and i did not so i just went over to twitter and sure enough there it is uh he's got one cap two cap red cap blue cap as his gift to a report saying it's not me guessing here. Miles Turner has no interest in staying in Indianapolis from Bob Kravitz. This was from a podcast uh, that he was on yesterday, or at least that was published yesterday. Bob Kravitz, the writer for the athletic on the Pacers and Indiana sports. That's not ideal for, for the league. Like you want to hear that Miles Turner has no interest in re-signing in Indiana because that gives you a little bit more leverage and Miles Turner publicly coming out and saying that's not the case maybe uh i don't know you know it, it could be somewhat true it could be some not true um i can imagine just an organization seeing a report or hearing a report like that and maybe asking him to put a little uh you know sure. extinguish on extinguisher on the story you know um it, it, which is very possible, or maybe it's possible he wants to stay. I remember when uh, Halliburton got traded there, they said uh, that he was excited to play with him. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's possible, but um, I feel like he knows he's getting moved, though, right? I mean, there's been talk of trading Miles Turner since before they traded Sabonis. So, uh, you know, there's only a matter of times where people can get mentioned in trade talks before eventually the trigger gets pulled. I he, His timeline doesn't fit with Indiana. He He's definitely going to get moved. Yeah, I think that he is. And, and I do wonder if, Sky, maybe you're right that it could be a situation where the Pacers say, look, you know, we can't trade you if your trade value is is this low. So we need you to kind of push back on this possible. But uh, but also you have to remember, too, Miles Turner's got to be looking at what's going to get him the next next payday, what's going to get him the best contract situation. Now that we're seeing the more and more of the prevailing thought in the NBA is doesn't matter what team you sign the contract with. What matters is that you get the contract. Then you figure out the team later. That's that's a factor, too, although it could also just be that he's open to staying with the Pacers and that's that. And there goes a little bit of leverage for the Lakers side. I'm sure there are teams that would be interested in training for Miles Turner, but Mm -hmm. like 
I'll ask you guys this: like, what what teams do you think uh, would would feasibly go after him? Charlotte is the first one that, that pops to mind. Well, they sense. just got they just got Mark Williams, didn't they? Yes, they did. So they did. I mean, they've him, got yeah. like a young uh, a young big that they can develop. What's strange to me is that he hasn't been moved yet because, I mean, even at the trade deadline, the talk was they want a first-round pick for Miles Turner. It was something like they want a first-round pick or a young prospect or a young prospect and a first-round pick. Mm -hmm. To me, it doesn't seem like that's a very tough ceiling to meet. Uh, and you look at what, uh, you know, how the Mavericks were able to get Christian Wood – it almost just seems to me that if there was a team out there that wanted him, they could have had him by now. That's what we've been saying. Yeah. Like Miles Turner, like that's why I've, I've been pushing back on this whole idea of like, do the Lakers actually need to give two first? It's just because what is the market value for Buddy Heald and Miles Turner right now? Uh, if, if, you know, we hear reports that uh, the Pacers have got multiple offers for a first round pick for either of those guys, then the Lakers obviously have to kick up their offer. Right. Mm -hmm. But so far it's, it's been nothing. I think it goes back to the Jeremy Grant valuation and the Christian Wood valuation because yeah. both those guys got less than you would have expected in, in return for their teams. Uh, and I think it's because they need new contracts. And if what they want contractually is not what other teams are ideally wanting to pay, that's going to lower their trade value. That could be something that we're seeing here. But to be fair, Bob Kravitz did mention that the way the Pacers see it as taking Russell Westbrook equals one first and Heald and Turner together equal one first. That's how, how they're viewing that type of trade. I can understand that thinking, and and I would have 100% agreed with that a few weeks ago. And, but I don't necessarily agree with it today because I'm not sure that one Buddy Heald on his own is not worth a first. Yeah, I, I like Buddy, but he's not worth a first on his own. Maybe Miles Turner. I think that's what the real question is. Is Miles mm -hmm. Turner worth a first-round pick? I understand getting a first for taking the Russell Westbrook contract. But I mean at the same time we're we're helping them out as well. They you know, I don't mm -hmm. remember if it was uh the Lakers Nation podcast or somewhere else where I had heard that they would rather trade the two together, which is a lot of salary going out for a team to be able to receive. Like there's not sure. a lot of teams that are going to be able to trade for both Miles Turner and Buddy Heald in one transaction. Um Miles Turner has one year left on his contract. If he is indeed, you know, looking for an extension or wanting to leave, then they're going to lose him for nothing in a year. Buddy Heald is uh, a really good player, but he, let's be honest, he is overpaid uh, based off his production and he's strictly a three-point shooter and he's got two years left on his contract. So being able to get rid of both of those contracts would do them a favor. And if they can get a first round pick for it and maybe some seconds, I think that's fair. Yeah. I think I think we're I think we're all pretty biased because I thought that initial deal that was supported for one first and two seconds for both of those guys I thought that was fair. It's I, fair. I look at this situation too, and I think that sometimes we don't factor in the money enough. And I'm not talking about just whether or not a trade works. I'm talking about which team is going to absorb extra money and they're going to have to pay more. Mm -hmm. And the Lakers and the I mean, you're, the Pacers are asking the Lakers to give up two first round picks and be the team that absorbs more salary, not just in terms of hey, you're going to free up cap space for next year or something like that. But in total, when you look at when the, the final bill is tallied, two years of Buddy Heald plus one year of Miles Turner, it's more money than a $47 million Russell Westbrook contract is. So the Lakers will be agreeing to pay out more salary in the deal too. And so I think that's one of the things they look at and say, eh, we, we shouldn't be the team giving up 
two firsts here. Yeah, I think what it comes down to is, I'm sorry to jump in there, is uh, what you've been saying, Trevor, is that the Lakers or other teams see the Lakers as desperate. Yeah. And so you can completely understand if I was in uh, Indiana's position, I would ask for two first round picks, especially, I mean, if that's the starting point. But asking and getting are two different things. Um, and and if we really, really want to be fair, uh, obvi- obviously I'm going to look at it from a Lakers perspective, so maybe this is a little biased, but if we really want to be fair, a first and a couple of second round picks for you know looking at the money, like you said, and, and balancing this deal out to where nobody is you know, like taking advantage of the other, I think that's pretty right up like on point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mike says, if you're LA and none is healthy, start him, sign Schroeder as a backup and sit Russ. Why not keep the expiring 47 million for your own use and your picks? So first of all, are the Lakers better with Dennis Schroeder instead of Russell Westbrook? Yes. Okay. <laughs> why? Why? I mean, you're, I, I don't think I can't make the argument right now that Schroeder's a better player than Russ. I think as much as we as we complain about Russ, he's still a capable NBA player to varying degrees, depending on the game and the situation and all of that. But, but I would assume you're suggesting that Dennis Schroeder is simply just a better fit. Uh, and, and for what the Lakers need. Yeah. I mean, if you look at it, uh, break it down piece by piece is, is Dennis Schroeder a much worse three point shooter than Russell Westbrook? I would say no. no. Um, he's a better defender than Russell Westbrook. Mm-hmm. We've seen him next to LeBron and Anthony Davis. And uh, before LeBron got hurt, the record was, uh, I believe it was 29 and 14 uh, at the time when Solomon Hill dove into LeBron James's ankle. Oh. So we've seen it work. I mean, you could say what you want, uh, you know, of, of Schroeder and, and that season and, and, and all the backstage stuff. And he went zero for nine in a playoff game or whatever it was. But I mean, that was a good team. So um, just comparing the fit and the player, you know, it's hard to say Dennis Schroeder is a better player than Russell Westbrook, but in, you know, July of 2022 for the Lakers, he might be. I think, I think this question entirely depends on how healthy is Kendrick Nunn and does he look like old Kendrick Nunn? Cause that's I think true. that's a lot, that's a lot easier to stomach in this scenario. Like if, if you get, I don't know, 55 60 65% of Kendrick Nunn just because he's coming off a really bad bone bruise and he hasn't played in a year then this question looks a little bit dicey but if you're telling me the Lakers are getting the guy they thought they were when they originally signed him I think this is a pretty feasible plan um I'm just kind of wary on like you know what is sending Russ like is that like just a circus is is it just a constant distraction for the team I don't think I don't think benching Russ would be uh, the or sitting him is the best option. If I can jump in there, Um, like benching him for one is a PR nightmare. That's going to be the talk every single game, and Russ is going to be unhappy, and it's going to create issues within the team. And then sending him home, I think you only do if you get into training camp and you try it out, and it's and you can see in training camp this will not work. And it will be detrimental to the team if we start our season with Russell Westbrook on the team. And if you can't get a trade done, then maybe you send him send him home and and hope throughout the season that somebody just wants that expiring money. But if there's nothing you can do to trade him, you kind of have to give Darvin Ham that option of uh, like 
maybe Russ will do what he's asking him to do. Maybe he will be a role player. Maybe he will sprint to the corners and, and shoot corner threes, which he's actually decent at, um, and be a pit bull on defense, which we haven't seen. But, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that that would be the best option if you cannot trade him. I agree 100%. I think that you can't you can't just immediately say, Russell Westbrook, stay away. We're not interested in you being around or anything like that. I think, now, assuming things are okay with him and, and LeBron. If they're not, then that changes the, the dynamic a bit. But otherwise, you don't want to pay him $47 million to stay home if you can avoid it. So you want to make sure that you exhaust all your options there. You find out, can Darvin Ham really make it work? Even if you're skeptical, and I'm skeptical, but you still have to find out. And as soon as you get that confirmation that the answer is no, it can't work, then okay, then, then maybe you take that step. Um, but you need to know. You need to know before you're just going to send him home. And um, yeah, I think that's going to be important for the Lakers. I think they're going to do everything they can to try to move him before it gets to that point. But I think you're also right. You don't just bench him. You have to, you have to keep him away. You can, if, if he's not going to play, he can't be on the bench. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. That's fair. What's um what what do you guys think is a fair like sample of games before you ultimately conclude we need to bench this guy or send him home? How long did Houston give Carmelo Anthony? Wasn't it like 13 games? It was like less than 20 for sure, yeah. Yeah. Something like that. So like Wasn't, weren't, weren't there reports last season that they knew in training camp this wasn't going to be what they thought it was? Yeah. Yep, and I, I think that's part of why they went and got Avery Bradley when they did. Was Frank Fo- Frank Vogel went? Oh my God, this perimeter defense! I can't, <laughs> I can't. Someone give, bring me Avery Bradley, and then Avery Bradley didn't wind up doing Avery yeah. Bradley things anymore. But uh, Alan says, just showing love to the number one podcast. It's always great to see Scorpio. Love you guys. Thank you, Alan. Uh, you know, speaking of Scorpio, we did talk about zodiac signs a bunch last night. Yep, I'm you not did. a Scorpio, by the way. I just yeah, want to put that out there. I don't want people assuming. Yeah, you know, it was a fun time last night. I'm a big fat liar. I listened to you guys, uh, your your Spaces podcast uh, this morning, actually. I was I went to the gym, and then I w- did a little shooting around and worked on my Russell, Russell Westbrook shots. Um, and <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I hope you laughed at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was hilarious. Okay. Uh, Culture Clash says we use Russ as a scapegoat. Last season's failure was 100% on Anthony Davis. If he's just a little more healthy, we make the playoffs. It's all AD. 
Why do we get mad at the player that got hurt instead of the guys that ran into his legs? I don't know. Yeah. It's it's something that we do, but it's it's not it's not a hundred percent Russ. It's not a hundred percent eighty. I think if you're saying it's a hundred percent any one person, it's just not accurate. I just I don't understand that way of thinking personally. Maybe that's that's me, but that's just how I see. I I can't blame it all on one particular person, whether it's LeBron, AD, Russ, Frank Vogel, the the organization, Rob Palenka, whatever. I think people need to stop assuming that everyone's blaming Russell Westbrook for the team last year being so bad because look, the coach is gone. You know, Kent Bazemore is gone. DeAndre Jordan's gone. Dwight Howard is most of that team is gone. And that's for a reason. (laughs) And the only people that came back were the bright spots, the Austin Reeves, the Stanley Johnsons, those types. And so, I mean, it's not like they're looking at the team and saying, man, Russell Westbrook was just terrible. Let's bring back Wayne Ellington and all these guys. And no offense to these guys. I, you know, I think they're phenomenal, but um, nobody's saying it's only Russell Westbrook, but Russell Westbrook at $47 million and the presence he brings and the loud mistakes. And quite frankly, the shooting issues being one of the biggest issues, uh, one of the biggest problems he is probably the biggest problem aside from injuries. I mean, and like, let's, let's do this too, right? Like I, I also am in agreement with you both. Um, I don't think it's hundred percent Westbrook's fault. I don't think it's hundred percent anyone's fault. Um, it's just Westbrook hasn't really helped himself since the season ended too. Like, just look at like how the last couple of weeks went, look at how his exit, his exit interview went. Um, the thing with his agent now that's been, you know, we've been talking about that for, for a while now. It, it just keeps coming up. So I think that's why we keep discussing it. Right. But, you know, we've also talked a bunch about Rob and like, is he a good GM? Sean literally had his faces on it last night. <laughs> um, right after we finished ours, he's he is uh, living up to that name, Spaces Davis. I, I don't know. I feel like I created a monster. <laughs> yes. I, yes. I gave him. He may have a problem. I gave him the nickname and he ran with it. And now I think he feels like he needs to do it. Um, Sean, I, I tell him every time I see his faces reminder, I, I tell him to go to sleep. <laughs> I, I care. I care about him. I, I need him to get his rest. But as far as Westbrook goes, like. Look, I didn't enjoy the experience. It was it was a slog to watch those games. It was the discourse around him throughout the entire year was frankly exhausting. Like having to come on a live show and just talk about, oh, look at what Russell Westbrook did wrong in like the last four minutes again. Like that's not fun. No. Um, but look, like he has a part in how last season went. As a lot of people do, LeBron, partially AD, Frank Vogel, front office, Genie, like everyone everyone can assume some sort of blame for last year um now we're now it's what can the lakers do to remedy that situation and unfortunately like i think russ is still an nba caliber player just i don't think his fits with the lakers that's it nothing personal i just you know i I don't want to do last year again and i don't think if he's on the roster the lakers are a title contending team that's it yeah i think that's a pretty simple way to to sum it up and i think that's how a lot of people feel and that's why they're looking to to move on uh, Vector Nova said, I think the only deal where I'd be more happy to give up both first round picks or more than happy to give up both first round picks unprotected would be Russ and none for Kyrie, Joe and Seth. You'd have to cut Wenyan, uh, but it's worth it. Well, you still have a roster spot. You wouldn't necessarily have to, but assuming health, of course. Yeah. I mean, if you were able to do something like that, where you can say this team is set and ready to go, they've got the shooting they need. You've got the other star you need in Kyrie Irving the guy that fits better than Russell Westbrook. 
And now you've got a real shot to win a championship. Maybe you're not the favorite, and I don't think they would be, but you've got a shot. I think that's the scenario where you'd say, okay, we'll go all in. Otherwise, I think you got to be careful here. Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think I would be I wouldn't feel good doing any deal where we gave up both first round picks unless it was the Kyrie Irving deal. Because when we're talking both first round picks all the way out and 2029, and I'm not thinking about players in 2029, I'm thinking of the Lakers in 2025 or 2026 mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. a piece away, maybe post LeBron and we bring in whoever, blah, 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 blah. And we're like, you know, all of a sudden, uh, you know, Shea Gilgis Alexander, just throwing a name out there, becomes available and he wants to go to the Lakers, but the Lakers, you know, the first available first round pick they have is in 2035. And, and you know what I mean? And it's like, that's what I'm thinking of. You know, we might need one of those picks in a couple of years or even next year or whatever it is. Um, so without it being Kyrie Irving and, and, and pieces where we've got a team where we can be pretty confident that we can win a championship, I would not feel good giving up both. That's where I'm at too. I think that's what a good general managers do is they try to keep as many assets as possible so they can make a move down the line. Like, you know, what happens if the Lakers and, you know, if Rob is still the GM, what happens if we sign another bad contract the next couple of years and we need to offload it? One of those picks could be useful in that kind of deal too. So you know, it's it's just one of those things where you want as much flexibility as possible. You want to mm-hmm. be able to have more chips at the table when you're when you're negotiating trades. And so that's exactly where I'm at, too. So Fernando Herrera here brings up a good point, said for high minutes players, Heald's career defensive rating is the worst in the NBA last year tied with Mac Lamore. Stats aren't everything. But yeah, I mean, look, Buddy Heald, you're not bringing him in for defense. I think the Lakers targeted a lot of defensive players in free agency you look at damian jones you look at troy brown jr uh juan toscano anderson certainly they they maintained their defensive guys austin reeves stanley johnson Wenyan gabriel but what it's the the ingredient that you don't have right now is the shooting and buddy healed is one of the better ones that's potentially available on the market so that's what you're looking for from him if you have a team full of buddy heels you're getting torched defensively if you have a team full of stanley johnson's you're probably doing okay with your perimeter defense, but you have no floor spacing because nobody's honoring that three-point shot. You put the two of them together, and then maybe you've got enough of each to where you've got something that's that's workable. I think that's the situation the Lakers are in. But I do understand the hesitation with Buddy Heald. For example, if you do Buddy Heald and Miles Turner for Russell Westbrook, then who's defending point guards? Like That becomes a challenge because you're certainly not going to want Buddy Heald to do it. So there's some tricky things that the Lakers are going to have to do defensively if you go get Buddy Heald. But I still think he's a worthwhile target just because he does what they don't have right now. I would be queasy just trading for Buddy Heald and that's it. That's a good point. That's a good because that's been out there like THT, Kendrick Nunn, Wendy Gabriel for Buddy Heald. I don't feel great about that. And maybe I'm too high on Kendrick Nunn. Maybe I am, and a lot of people aren't, and so that maybe I am going too far to try to counter all of the kind of dismissing attitude or dismissive attitudes we've seen about Kendrick Nunn, because you know, out of sight, out of mind. But I don't know if I would do that deal if it's TH. Certainly not if there's draft capital. But THT Kendrick Nunn, say Wenyan Gabriel or something for Buddy Heald, I don't know if I'm doing that. 
Yeah, I'm hesitant to trade uh, a none because it's been brought up before. He's almost like a free mid-level exception uh, signing that we got this season because we didn't get him last season. And I was very excited to have him on our team last year. Uh, it's unfortunately he didn't unfortunate he didn't get to play, um, but he is a guy that can shoot on a team that needs shooters, you know. And and trading THT and none and and those guys for one shooter. I mean, we're still getting one shooter. So it'd be great to be able to hold on to him. And then real quick point about Buddy Heald is he's never played games that mattered. He was on a bad Pelicans team. He -hmm. was on a bad Kings team. And now he's on a bad Pacers team. So he's been on bad teams his entire career. He's never had the opportunity to play on a team that contends. And I'm not saying he can turn into a great defender, but I think he can be better than he's been because his job on bad teams has been to shoot threes go go stand over there and shoot threes when you catch the ball shoot the three um and that's what was expected of him he comes to the lakers he's going to be expected to at least buy in on defense and uh and so again i I don't think he can be great but i think he can be better um and yeah those are those that's uh that was a little bit of a ramble but we're there (laughs) (laughs) no i I think um I, I think, you know, to your point, this is why people like maybe me and Trevor uh, lean the Kyrie deal is because we've got playoff proven star. Um, you don't get that with Miles Turner and uh, Buddy Heald quite to the same degree. So um, it's the ceiling play ultimately, right? Not to relitigate this too much, but we, I think it's Kyrie, Pacers deal, and then probably a Utah Jazz deal in that sort of order, depending on like, you know, the Lakers plans. Mm-hmm. I think that's what it should be ordered as. Yeah. Agreed. Uh, here we've got somebody in that lives in Pawnee giving us a little bit of insight. Said, as a Lakers fan in Indy, the Pacers aren't in the news at all. Westbrook will bring in viewers here. Indy's four years away. Duarte's got to play for Indy, and that's from Matt Cassidy. Uh, I, from everything we've heard, if the Pacers trade for Russell Westbrook, Buy him out. He, he's never going to put on a Pacers jersey. Let's not let's not shake the boat here, <laughs> Matt. I what I want you to do is get all of your friends. I want you to go to whatever arena they play at, and I want you to protest that you guys want Russell Westbrook on this team. <laughs> you are tired of not having stars and not having anybody to go watch and not being in the news, and you need the Brody in this uniform for the 2022-2023 season. Do it right now. I'm giving you permission to stop watching this podcast. I think I think Scorpio just cut a promo. That's right. I think that's what happened. Well, we know we know what clip Matt is pulling from this show now. For, I thought uh, he, I thought he was talking to me too. <laughs> when he said Matt cuz yeah, I was shocked. <laughs> Sorry. Like, Wait, what did I say? I, I It's I'm fun Friday. Fan? Yeah. Well, in fact, here's our next comment from John says Scorpio Sky Fridays. I love Scorpio jumping Sky on days. the show on Fridays. Yeah, I was it... really excited to to jump. I haven't even been on in a while, so but I listen every day, but I haven't been on in a little while. Yeah, I think it's been has it been since Vegas? Wow, I think it has. That's the last time since I think we spoke, yeah. Yeah. Was, well, I mean, we've been we've been texting we and all of that. Chat, but, yeah. Yeah. Sorry yeah. on the uh, on the yeah. old uh, on streams here. here. Right. Yes. Uh, Jason Kelly, is there social pressure on execs to not make trades? No one wants to be seen as the dumb GM. Whoever has Westbrook is seen as the dumbest. It's sad. Is is, is Russell Westbrook the old maid? You know, my, my daughter and I, we play card games all the time. One of the ones we play is old maid. Is that what Russell Westbrook is? It, you know, when you stop, if whoever has him loses? 
It's like hot potato, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so messed up. No, I mean, like, I, I think I think there's there'd be an understanding amongst fan bases at this point that if you trade for Russell Westbrook, you're not trading for the player, you're trading to right. get off money, and then you're going to buy him out. I don't think, you know, let's say Indiana is the one that ends up trading for Russell Westbrook at the end of the day. Um, I don't think Pacers fans are going to be like, why did we trade for Russell Westbrook? We don't want him on our team. Correct. Like, they would understand that it's a, it's strictly a transaction move with salaries. It's not it's not to help your team be better or worse. Unless so. there's some rust stands in Indy. I mean, they're they're probably all over. You know, they you are know. legion. They they will be there if he gets traded there and plays. They will. Stewart says, "What is Spaces Podcast?" Okay, well, so Spaces is over on Twitter. For some people don't know, Spaces yeah. on Twitter and essentially acts kind of like a call-in radio program where we could have like Matt and Sky and myself. We could all host a show, and we could have all these people listening that are that are just joining in, and all they can do is hear us. And they can request to come up and actually and actually talk to us to where their mics get turned on and they can ask us questions and, and all that and we can uh, and we can converse that way. So it, it really does function kind of like an online version of a call-in radio program. So that's what Spaces is over on Twitter. We do that sometimes. I typically record them. The quality isn't always the best. I'm hoping something that that's something that improves as Twitter gets more and more into this because I think this has been a hit for Twitter. I think it's been good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've enjoyed doing them, but that's that's what happens. It's over on Twitter. We do these spaces where kind of ends up acting like the chat here, except that people are actually verbally you know, speaking to us instead of, of typing in questions. Yeah. And Trevor makes more jokes at players' expenses. So I do. I do. <laughs> I did. I felt bad. I felt bad enough after the fact that I actually cut that. You know, it's funny that like, I think the other seven of us like on staff that were there, took it as that kind of joke and then you were so innocent and like no i was talking about Kevin. that was Knox. it was 100 not what i was thinking at all that's what it all was, the rest of us were thinking it though. wound up coming off as like a zion williamson weight joke when i was talking about the ferocity of his dunks and i'm like oh that is not that is not what i intended to put out there i mean you happen to crack that joke the same time the weight clause thing came out so that uh, was true. It was easier to put two and two together that way. I get it. I get it. Uh, Alexander said, love the show, and I love that we signed Jay Huff. Yes. Good move. Housekeeping yes. move. Love that. That That's like, would you guys consider that a single? Is that like a walk? We're on base with that move? It's a single. Okay. It's a single. Because we you know, Whenever you bring up Jay Huff, minutes. you got to you gotta do the fist thing that he was doing in his video where he's making all those trick shots. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The... <laughs> Every video is. The, the the golf the golf pump the that golf pump great. that's a good way to call it yeah for the podcast yeah. listeners yeah oh this is a good question uh Jorge Sandoval says Scorpio what's up with Dwight having tryouts <laughs> for the Fed talk uh, talk to someone get him an AEW so what do you what do you thought what are your thoughts on that on Dwight Howard the promo that he cut did you well I guess first of all did you see it I have not seen it yet I heard you should about see it. it it's good it's yes. good, <laughs> it's good. I, saw, I, I I heard about it uh, I'll have to check it out um. But I mean, I did see that he wants to play a couple more years and then maybe go to WWE. But I mean, hey, Dwight, man, if you want to play and wrestle, you can come join AEW. We'll let you do both. You know what I mean? Like you can have some fun in the offseason um, or do like Rodman and skip practice and come do, a, a, you know, our show or whatever it that, was. That sounds, Just don't that do it sounds on our like team. an invitation. Yeah, should, come on. I'll be his tag team partner. Oh, that All is, right. Let's all do a right. match. Me and Dwight Howard against uh, whoever, you know, what's the, what's the tall guy with that's with Jay Lethal. I uh, can't remember his name. Oh, Sean would know mentioned. this question, but uh, that, that we, then Sky can bring Dwight on the Lakers Nation podcast. There we go. Oh, That'd there be we awesome. go. 
yeah, yeah. that'd be great. All right. We need, we need to make this happen. We need to figure out some way to set this up and, and make this happen. So uh, Big Dwight, yeah. I, I will, I will attempt to reach out to Dwight after this and see, uh, see what he thinks. Um, <laughs> Mamba mentality said Lakers nation. I'm not fond of Turner. Like most of us are. He's been injured ever since last season to me. It's not worth a pick. Plus if we get him, it makes Thomas Bryant signing useless. I don't, I think you can, you can probably tag both. team those guys. You can have the one guy. Nice tie in. Yeah. Right. I liked it. I liked it. I'm a professional. Um, I liked the I liked the idea of having a floor spacing five out there at all times. If you've got Thomas Bryant and uh, and Miles Turner, and then uh, what happens to but what happens to those centers to Jones to Huff if you go get Miles Turner? Um, well, I mean, someone's got to be fighting for scraps off the bench. That's that's really what this comes down to. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the year uh, we won the championship, we had JaVale McGee and Dwight Howard. So, I mean, that's at least mm-hmm. two spots right there. Um, I mean, like, look, I, I feel like the Lakers are not not going to trade for Miles Turner just because they have three centers on the roster already. Like, they'll, they'll figure it out. Like, they're minimum signings, too. So maybe you look at it as, oh, we signed this guy for nothing. Well, for me, it's like, well, you have depth now, and you can play your preferred four-in, one-out style. Uh, four-out, one-in, sorry. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really, you know, care too much about having Damian Jones, TB and J Huff potentially, and then trading for miles Turner. I don't really think that's like really in the calculus for the Lakers here. It's not ideal for those players, right? For, for them, for themselves, but for the Lakers, it's, I think it's a good problem to have. Especially for a team that has struggled with injuries and you're bringing in a guy that has struggled with Agreed. injuries. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's good to have that depth. I mean that that was the other thing too. I was gonna I was gonna mention about the injury thing. That's why I'm kind of queasy on giving up both first, like Miles Turner contract situation and and injury history. Mm-hmm. Yep, it's something to be. I mean, let's face it, the Lakers we we've got a little PTSD over over injuries at this point. Like this has been mm-hmm. this has been rough yep. the last couple of seasons. Um, so they they should be concerned about that. Uh, Grindhard said, "Can we bring Kyle Kuzma in for 2024?" I mean, potentially when his contract is up, you could go sign him. You could bring him back. He was just making comments about how much he loved being in LA and how much he loved Lakers fans and stuff. But mm-hmm. I, don't know. I don't know. You never say never. We miss talking about trading him. <laughs> I, just, I, I was team Keith Kuz, man. As soon as he signed, it would immediately become, what can we get for Kyle Kuzma, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Sky, Sky, we had, a, we had a good question, I think, like last week or so. Someone asked us, if you can bring one player back from 2020, that title team, which one would you bring oh. back? I, I was listening to that one. And um, the big three, the ones that you guys talked about, you guys talked about was Alex Caruso, Cusco, Cruz, obviously, Kuz and KCP. Um, I, my mind originally went to uh, Caruso, but then one of you made the point that the wing having Casey or Kuz back or yeah, Kuzma back to have a wing that can shoot and, and he actually got very good defensively. Um, yeah, I think I'd probably bring Kuz back, especially for this team. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Makes sense. Makes sense. <laughs> 
Brandon Robinson said, how old is Sean? <laughs> 45 well, the world, or something, the right? world, 40, the world, the world 45, will never know. 45, 45, he, he's 45. 40, he just, well, he just turned 45. He just had his birthday. Yep. Um, Sean yeah. tore it up in Vegas. Yes, he did. Yeah. Yes, he did. He, he even got to defend Pat, uh, Pat Conant and played a little one-on-one. That was got a, got a few stops. That was right. That was good to That's see. That's right. Good to see. Uh, Sean Mills is Russ easier to swallow if he was at say 15 million than 47. Yeah, of course. I yeah, mean, absolutely. There would be a lot more teams interested in him if he was at fifteen million dollars than at forty-seven. That's a big part of the issue. Is how do you you know just assembling a trade package to equal out forty-seven million dollars is difficult, but at fifteen million, it, it's much much easier. You have a lot more options with what you do with that contract. Wouldn't cost you nearly as much to um, trade him to. Absolutely. Uh, what happened to the Hornets getting Russ? Um, Miles, Miles Bridges. Bridges just, just Google Miles Bridges. Yep. Unfortunately. Yep. Yeah, that that is what what happened. Um, Syed said the Utah package is the best because we only have to give them one first rounder because they already have five from the Wolves. Do you know Danny Ainge? Is that true? Like if that if that is if that is true, great. But I don't think there's any chance that Danny Ainge, number one, does a deal with the Lakers. Number two, does a deal with the Lakers where he says, you know what? I've got enough picks. Lakers, I don't need any more of yours. No, you guys keep it. You weren't good. You guys keep it. I, I don't see that yeah. happening. Uh, but he says, THT, Westbrook, and Nunn for Conley, Boyan, Bogdanovich, and Patrick Beverly. Defensive downgrade, but we get experience in three-point shooters. Sure. I mean, that's an interesting deal. I, I just don't see I, – I think the Jazz, just like every other team, would want both first. They're going to ask for both. They would absolutely, and and like think about it like this: um, if you have a car that you're selling that you know is worth ten thousand dollars, and you have five thousand dollars in the bank already, you're not gonna say, "Ah, just pay me five thousand. I right. I already have five. You know what I mean? So like, yep. And, and especially if you're Danny Ainge, you're probably gonna ask for twenty. So um, yeah, unfortunately, that's what makes me nervous about the Utah deal is because one, it is Danny Ainge and two, we're the Lakers and three, those two don't really mix very well. So I would love to do a deal with them if it was only one first rounder, but I don't know about that. Yeah. Uh, uh, Daniel, Daniel, do you guys have a TikTok? Does the NBA front office have one too? Uh, We do have a TikTok for, for Lakers nation that I post stuff to. I'm still trying to figure out TikTok. I'll admit. Cut, cut yeah. Trevor some slack, guys. I'm not the best at it, but um, but I am posting stuff there pretty frequently. Um, so, yes, there is a uh, at LakersNation.com. You can check out our, our TikTok over there. We do not have one for the NBA front office show. Uh, Keith and I have not been able to wrap our minds around that just yet. Uh, Tristan Huff. Any relation to Jay? Just Curious. Uh, wouldn't it be smart for LeBron not to extend to give the Lakers room for improvement the same way Harden did? Well, he would have to take a pay cut, but cap, it, I mean that hold. would that would be the best scenario, right? For the, if if LeBron just told the Lakers what Harden told the Sixers, which is, you know, give me whatever is left. Great. That that that's fantastic. But I I think that that shouldn't be expected. What's uh what's LeBron's cap hold if he doesn't sign a contract extension this this offseason? That's a good question. I do not know. I would imagine it would be 40 million or what you know something like that because that's what his contract would be worth about. But yeah, I he's, he's, make, he's making like what is he making now? 41? Something like that. Yeah, he'll be I think he can extend for 45. Let me double check though. 
while you're checking, I I actually thought this was a possibility. And if LeBron does not sign the extension, yeah, it may it may be because of that. Especially if they cannot get Kyrie Irving now, they may try to wait and get him next summer. Um, and and Trevor, you would know this better than I would. From what I understand, James Harden signed a two year deal, right? And there's like an mm-hmm. option on that second year, so he's probably yep. just going to opt out and get his full money that yep. second year. So, I mean, there's nothing against LeBron doing the same thing. I mean, I know he's been against taking less money um, since Miami, but maybe if it's just a little less or something, you know, to so he can fit Kyrie or whoever in there, that would be great. The challenge is because of LeBron's age, there's the over 38 rule, which would come into play, which means the longest he could sign for is two years. Yep. And then he's probably going to want to have the ability to hit free agency in 2024 anyway. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if he did that, so he plays out this contract, he's still looking at a two year one plus one deal next year. So like if he, if he didn't, let's say he just decided to, um, to give the Lakers as much cap room as possible. He wouldn't necessarily be able to cash in if he wants to go play wherever Bronny is in 2024, because he would be hitting free agency then. And that's in theory when the Lakers would be sort of paying him back that wink, wink deal and giving him a full two year maximum at that point. That makes sense. Yep. Uh, Lena said, "Listen, uh, listening to Fun Friday from the Gold Coast in Australia. Oh, welcome wow. in. Fun Fridays are international days. Indeed. <laughs> I like the rest of this comment. <laughs> oh, no. I just saw the rest of it. <laughs> Appreciate all the content. Keep up the great work. P.S. Let's change Lakers Nation to Trevor and the other guys. I that like sounds it. like a sitcom. That's it great. Is. Trevor and the other guys. <laughs> Trevor and Co. Oh my gosh. I'm fine being the other guys. Trevor, Trevor, Scorpio Sky, and other folks were with us in Las Vegas, and Trevor was easily the most recognizable person. Right. <laughs> that's that's the one place where that would happen. The one place. I don't know, Trevor. Pretty famous guy. Summerly, those are those are my people. Mr. You Lakers know, Nation. It's funny when people ask me who's the funniest, like who, who's like the most famous person I know since I started with Lakers Nation. I always say Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Clout. Oh. I'm gonna start saying that too. That's, you should. That... It's true. <laughs> you guys are gonna start a thing here now. <laughs> Great. Uh, the Z Show. Yes, I'm. I was. I'm after fame for sure. Uh, the Z Show. New York. Uh, package for us randall rose and reddish three r's give us One. a first round pick and and you you might have a deal would you do that deal if you got picks back trevor Ooh, see i see i don't think, <laughs> i everything that i've heard from the the Knicks side is we would get they would get two first in the deal of course they did. right like that's the that's heck? everything that i've seen but but then the lakers say well no we'd be getting the first because look how much left is left on randall's contract but mm-hmm. i like cam reddish Derrick yep. Rose, like whatever he's, you know, he can be a veteran backup guard. I've got property on Randall Island. Like that's, that's a thing. So I like him a lot. I don't know that I like the fit. I definitely don't like the contractual fit moving forward for the Lakers, but if it's that or Russell Westbrook is on the team next season, I'm, I'm probably doing it. If I have to pay picks for that deal, I'm absolutely not doing it. No, no, no. If I, yeah. if I have to pay picks, I'm not doing it. I'm saying if it's neutral or if I can get get something back pick-wise, okay. then maybe. I, I would I really think... have to think about that, though, because I like Randall, but I like him on another team. I, and and yeah. that's four years, and that's our cap space. There's part of me, as crazy as it sounds, would, would rather roll into the season with Russell Westbrook 
Westbrook than Julius Randle. Mm-hmm. I think you can make that debate. And this is contracts only, not not player. Just yes, contracts. Contract. I mean, if Julius Julius Randle is an expiring contract, it's not oh, even you a take question. that every day. Yeah, yeah, I'll take that all day. But I mean, he's not a shooter. He's he does, you know, we're gonna have to open up the lane for that's another guy that Le- LeBron's gonna have to space the floor for. So he doesn't really fit for us. But yeah, I mean, if it is neutral, we're not giving up any picks. I would probably do that and figure yeah. it out later. Yep. Fair. I won't argue against that. Uh, Syed said, it feels like the whole NBA is against the Lakers. Oh, just uh, this is the NBA. The, the sharks are circling. There's blood in the water. The, the vultures are circling, I should say. Whatever analogy you want to use, um, they smell weakness right now. And that's that's so that's what's happening. You've got teams that are saying, well, Lakers, you're in a tough spot. You've got Russell Westbrook. You don't want Russell Westbrook. You want to trade him. Nobody wants him. So we want all of your picks if we, you expect us to be the team that takes him. And that's been the, the prevailing thought all offseason. And that's something that we said was going to happen going in because this is what happens if you're seen as the desperate team. Not a fun position to be in, that's for sure. No. <laughs> no, it is not. Uh, Tristan said, Would it, wouldn't the Lakers be over the cap? Say LeBron doesn't resign. Um, they get someone first in the open cap, then sign LeBron uh, and be a repeat luxury tax offender. So if you don't sign LeBron, LeBron doesn't sign that extension, and he's a free agent, in theory, you walk into the offseason with about 70-ish million in cap space. Maybe it's 65, something in there in cap space. But the problem is you still have LeBron's cap hold on the books, right? That's still sitting there holding that money for him in case you do decide to spend it. So unless you, the only, you have two options. You can either, you can either, if you're going to sign somebody for a max, you would have to relinquish that cap hold for LeBron, which means you would no longer have his bird rights to go over the cap to sign him. Mm -hmm. Or you keep that cap hold on the books, which preserves your ability to use bird rights. And you can only spend like $20 million dollars in in free agency and then go and sign LeBron using those bird rights. So it was a thing back in the day, a while ago. In fact, the Spurs did it with Kawhi Leonard when he was under contract for like 1.9 million or something like that before giving him the big bump. They went out, they did all their spending in free agency and then used Kawhi's bird rights. The NBA said, no, we're not going to allow that to happen anymore. We need to make these cap holds be a thing and not allow teams to, to do this. So now cap holds are in place and that would prevent the Lakers from doing that. Unfortunately. This is exactly why I asked about the cap hold and Kyrie Irving earlier. It's it's for this literal literal situation. Mm-hmm. Yep. Ted Davis Painter. Ryan Ward pissed me off in space. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Ryan has that effect on folks. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ryan. R- Ryan is a controversial guy. He is. Well, that's why we he love is. him. He's a nice guy. He gave Sean a hug. He gave him a virtual hug. That's right. He's looking out for him. That's right. <laughs> someone, I can't wait to tell Ryan. Someone, someone paid us to say this. <laughs> <laughs> to explain how upset with you they are. All right, we'll finish with this one. Uh, Matt Creeks said, what's up, fellas? Do you think Russ has any sense of dis- disappointment coming back to his hometown and his home team? His attitude wasn't right either. Yeah, I mean, there's got to be. Got to be. This is not the homecoming that he was envisioning. They were hoping, you know, hey, this team's going to win a championship. He's going to do it with his hometown team, and it's it's going to be this great story. We were hoping to get to tell that story, and it went the other way to the point where he was getting booed by his hometown fans. That's 
that's a nightmare. That that's got to be disappointing if you're Russell Westbrook. I mean, not to mention all the stuff that happened with his family throughout the regular season. Like that was that was nasty fan behavior, and we don't condone that either. And you know, just constantly being blamed and scapegoated for how things went. Like I would, no matter how much I love my city and like my hometown, like I would I would have hated to be here. Yeah, yeah. Make no mistake. Like I do feel bad for Westbrook. I mean, I feel really bad for him. It's got to be tough. To come back to your 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 hometown, the team you grew up watching, and you loved Kobe. You're friends with Kobe, and and you you know there was I'm sure there was a big part of him that always wanted to be a Laker, and for it to be as bad as you can possibly not imagine, uh, and and be so disliked and and loathed, and every Laker fan just wanting you gone as soon as possible under any circumstance i mean that's got to be tough it's got to be so hard he seems like a decent guy good guy in real life you know so i i feel really really bad for him but you gotta go <laughs> <laughs> on that note <laughs> i'll send him some flowers at the airport well, you're probably uh, driving him. Too, uh, yeah, right? I was going to say, are you driving him? I'll drive him. I got some <laughs> space. <laughs> Man, the entire Lakers Nation staff has offered to drive <laughs> Westbrook to LAX. We will figure out a way to make this happen. It's if, a nice little going away party. I'll, I'll, even, <laughs> I'll even play his the, the song. I'll play his good song. You know, I'll, I'll be in like the driver's seat. It'll be playing that Beyonce song. I'm like, come on, man. Oh, my God. Speaking up. of, yeah, Beyonce's <laughs> album just came out today. That go. song's on it. Oh. So, yeah, there you and go. It all connects. And all on, connects. Friday. <laughs> on Friday. On Friday. On Friday. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining us. Those of you who came in live from YouTube, from Facebook, from Twitter, if you're listening to the podcast version of this, make sure you follow us over on Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. Sky, Matt, thanks. You guys did indeed make, make Friday fun. So I appreciate you guys coming on here. God bless you, brothers. <laughs> uh, thanks, thanks, for, thanks for introducing Sky first there. Love it. <laughs> no problem. No problem. I, I figured I, I'd help you out there. Appreciate it. Thanks, everybody. See ya and stay safe.